Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We have been in uh, this series called Brighter Days. And we've been talking about brighter days. And, and the truth of the matter is, man, there's a lot of negativity. There's not a lot of negative. Everybody's mad about something. And, and you know what is crazy to me is that people are mad about something that other people are mad about. You know, you know it's like it didn't even happen to you when you're like, oh, I can't believe that. I mean, like you are so mad. Come on. People get mad. And it's like, wh- why are we picking up all that offense? Why are we picking up all that anger? Come on, it's like our whole world is survivor, and we're trying to vote everybody off the island. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm like, hey, hey, maybe the church needs to be reminded that we're going to win. That God has not left us. God has not forsaken us. That, that, that even though we go through trouble, trouble don't have to go through us. Come on. That, that God doesn't ever promise you um, a life where... There is no adversity, but the truth of the matter is how we wear that adversity causes people to go, you're different. That you're different. You, how did you go through that divorce? How did you go through that, that issue? How did you go through that sickness? How did you go through that moment? How did you go through that lost job? How did you go through that betrayal? How did you go through that? How did you go through that and not run over anybody? How did you go through that and not just go crazy? How did you not, how did you not go through that and just not scathe everybody on Facebook? How did you, what, what is in you that is different? Because see, if this is the only world, and this is the only life, and this is the only thing that you see, then you demand fairness. Because I'm only here for a little while, so everything's got to be fair. But the truth of the matter is, (laughs) life ain't fair. But we have this insatiable quest thirst that we demand that life be fair but here's the deal we don't they don't make movies about people who had fairness they make movies about people who overcame adversity they don't make they don't write books about fairness they wrote about books about people who came through something and should not have won. Come on, somebody. But they won, and now we're like, wow, can you believe what they endured in order to overcome? And now they have our attention because they didn't act like everybody else. As the church, we should live different. And my hope is that uh, you have had some brighter days. And, and can I tell you that there are some sermons, some things that I go back, I listen to it over and over and over again. Yeah. Because it's very easy for you to come here and, and, and over time love the culture, love the people, but slowly get hard. And then church becomes about uh, going rather than God using this as... Um, A time for him to surgically remove the thorns and the hurts and the pains and the brokenness that I'm really going through. Can I tell you this as a church family? We do not expect you to be perfect. 
We don't. You don't have to be perfect. And, 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 and come on, if we all knew the thoughts you were thinking last week, if we all knew the thoughts that were playing in your head, the, the things that you're concerned about, the things that you're worried about, the things that with your family, with your job, with your, your, your friendships, with uh, that tension, God knows. But here's the deal. God did not say to us, um, I'm going to clean up everything so you can serve me. He said, I need you to serve me and watch me clean up everything. And way too many people are waiting to lean into God if he'll take care of everything first. But that's not Bible. Bible is, there is an ocean in front of me. Pharaoh's coming against me. All of these million people hate me. And now I've got to find a way to get on the other side of this ocean. And countless times, these situations cause us to lean into what we really believe as we've been talking about i've given three points to brighter days three points the first one is to realize that god will never leave you or forsake you and i would encourage you to go back download our podcast you can get it on apple or itunes download our app the, the first thought was that god will never leave you or forsake you the second one that we talked about last week was see today as an opportunity that today is an opportunity. Today is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice. Come on, somebody, and be what? Mad in it. <laughs> Stop. Y'all don't make me re-preach that sermon. Come on. Listen. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So there is this idea that joy is not circumstantial. Come on. But joy cometh from that paycheck. The joy comes from my boss coming to me and telling me, really, you're the greatest employee we've ever had. And I just want to acknowledge you a little bit. Joy comes from the fact that our kids, come on, clean their room without being told. With you waiting on that, going to take your medicine now. Listen, the truth of the matter is joy comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the sustainer. And so anytime I feel like there is no way, he provides a, a way. And so even when it looks at his bleakest, it is not over because God knows what you don't know. And God sees a way where there is no way. Come on, y'all help me now. Come on. Okay. So my third uh, idea, thought, truth for having brighter days is we got to stay focused on what matters we got we gotta stay focused on what mat what matters we got so many ideas and opinions and frustrations we got to stay focused on what really matters have you ever been in a conversation with someone and they were bent out of shape and they were talking about this but as they begin to talk you could see that 
Come on, you know what I'm saying? It's like they are talking about this, and can you believe it? And you're hearing this unfold, and you're like seeing this other side. You know what I'm saying? They're talking about this, and you're talking about that. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you grew up in the 80s, you're probably thinking it's like this, it's like, it's like that. But, but, uh, but, but, but here's the thing, 90s. But, but here's this idea. I think that so many times we are focused on the wrong thing. Can I just give you a few practicals real quick? When your tire indicator goes off on your car, okay, super practical, that isn't a sign that you need fix a flat. That is a sign that you need a new tire. But many people are like, ah, oh, the light went on. I need fix a flat. Well, that's a temporary fix. You might want to think, come on, somebody, about a new tire or your sensor's gone out. But most of the time, we gravitate to the easy fix, but never want to really change. Does it make sense? Okay. Popular to contrary opinion, when you are sick, the most important thing is not whether you have Sprite or 7-Up. And some of y'all, this is deep right here. This is revelation. Because as soon as you're sick, I need my Sprite, I need my 7-Up, and I need my crackers. But there is another thought. Maybe you need a doctor. <laughs> you know what I'm maybe you need some rest. Maybe you need some prayer. Maybe you, maybe you need something else other than Sprite and 7-Up. Okay, I, I, got, I, got, I got a couple more for you, but anyway. Um, when your refrigerator is empty, okay, when your refrigerator is, is empty, that's not really a sign that you need McDonald's, but rather that you need to go grocery shopping. <laughs> Stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, there's nothing here. Let's go to McDonald's. Yes, you can. Or you can take yourself, make a grocery list, and put something, come on, somebody, in the fridge. I know it's crazy. You know, I'm like, who does that anymore? Shopping? You know what I'm saying? With a relationship, when there is conflict about an issue, maybe it's not all them. See, all the first ones were good. <laughs> You're so funny. Stop. Maybe it's not all your wife. Maybe it's not all your husband. It is easy for us to forget what really matters and focus on people and problems and miss, come on somebody, what really matters. There was a bus carrying a bunch of ugly people and it crashed. Uh, don't get offended because if so, uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> bus crashed full of ugly people. And, uh, and everyone passed away. And so they're there. They meet their maker. And uh, he says, man, that was a hard deal. I'm going to grant you one wish. And uh, uh, before you enter paradise, I'm going to grant you one wish. And so they all lined up. And God asked the first one, what do you want? And the first one said, I want to be gorgeous. And so God snapped his finger. And it was done. Poof. And everybody's like, oh. So the second one. I want to be gorgeous. I want to be gorgeous. And all of them had the same way. I want to be gorgeous. And just then, the guy in the back started laughing. <laughs> and they would go through, I want to be gorgeous. And, and, I want to be gorgeous. 
and, and, and he's laughing. Then we're halfway through, he's like laughing. He's on the floor. About 10 people later, he's laughing even more. Finally, God gets that last person up, and he says, hey, what's your wish? He says, make them all ugly. <laughs> Listen. My point is that so many people are in the middle of a great opportunity, come on, and they squander it because they're not focusing on what really matters. Don't blow your opportunities. Here's the deal. Marriage is an opportunity. Parenting is an opportunity. Your job is an opportunity. What God has given you, come on somebody, is an opportunity. And don't squander it because you are focusing on what doesn't matter. Come on, there are people in this place that you prayed for a marriage. And now you're mad because you have to build one. Come on, help me. Somebody, oh, that was deep. Mm, passed by that. Listen, it's cool to find someone. But when you start building something, that means we're working. That means we're, we're, we're trying to take more territory. That means that God is doing something with us together. And I have this background and you have that background. And together, come on, we're going to build this out. And there's going to be a little bit of conflict working this out. Come on, you, all you wanted was a child, a little baby. I just want a little baby. It's a cute little baby. And now you're mad because you got to clean up after all of them. Feel like a maid. Your IQ has dropped. You, you, you went to college and got a doctorate. And now you're wiping butts. And you're like, what? In I used to be somebody. Listen to what I'm saying. The truth of the matter is we got to focus, come on, on what matters. You, you prayed for that job. Oh, and when you got that job, the Lord, you post. God has been so good. Testimony, it's all long. You expected everybody to read it. They didn't. But, but here's the thing. And, and so you just believe this job is from God. You've been there three months. This is hell. <laughs> everybody here, now that I know you. Like, you didn't think you were going to have to work through, come on, some personalities? You didn't think that you were going to, you, when you hired, signed that contract and put your name on the, the, the contract to sign and say, I'm going to work for these people, you signed up to work with 30 people that are all trying to figure out how to stay happy. Why, I thought it would be wonderful. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They didn't give you a contract to heaven. They gave you a contract because they believed that you were going to make money, be efficient, be disciplined, grow, expand, develop. Come on, does that make sense? And so the truth of the matter is sometimes we get mad because we don't. Stop, I'm, I'm not going there. Listen, can I tell you a little secret? Living your life hoping that people get what they deserve is not the way to live life. Do you want what you deserve? Oh, Siri. <laughs> Don't make Siri. Uh, you know God's coming when Siri starts preaching to you. Listen. Listen. Do you really want 
what you deserve? Don't ever wish that, well, when they get what they deserve, they'll be a little bit more humble. You pray. But don't ever wish that someone gets what they deserve. You're, you're, you're a Christian. You're not trying to get people back. You're trying to raise people up. You're, you're, you're a believer. You're not trying to get even. You're trying to go before God so the enemy does not devour, come on, somebody else's life and devastate a home. Come on, there is something different in you. What matters? What matters? There is more to your life than misery. You should live with a mission. You should live with a mission. I recently read an article that, that, that said seven habits of chronically unhappy people. Seven habits. And can I just say, I didn't think about you when I was reading this. I, I just, I'm just, I'm just, I read it, and so I'm going to give it to you. All right, so here, here they are. The seven habits. First, their default is life is hard. When they process life, they don't process, it's going to be a great day. They process, life is hard. These are, these are chronically, these seven habits, this is what they do. Second one is they believe most people can't be trusted. Come on, you're sitting next to someone. You make sure there's a seat between you and your wife. Got your hand on your phone and your wallet. Can't hug nobody in church because you're holding your phone. Come on, look at, they concentrate on what's wrong with the world versus what is right. Come on, you turn on the news for about seven hours, and they'll think you, oh dear God, America's gone straight to hell. It's terrible. We all need to start another country. But did you get to wake up today and do what you want? Come on, somebody. Is it like if we always focus on the negative, then you wonder why we're popping pills and battling anxiety and battling depression. Because, I mean, here is what people are thinking. They compare themselves to others and harbor jealousy. Huh. That's how you went on another trip. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice for you. Oh, I saw that you went there. <laughs> like how, you wonder why you're not happy, but you got a cesspool of, ugh, all in you. Mm-hmm. Mm, got a new shirt. Must be nice. I'm wearing the same shirt from a year ago. Come on. Listen, they strive to control their life. I just got to have order. I just got to have, and if everything's not in order, and if everything's T is not crossed, and I is dotted, and we're not talking about management. We're talking about, come on, being obsessive. Like, like, like you're not going to control. Some of you, come on, you have left friendships because you could not control how they talk to you. Control. Listen, they consider their future with worry and fear. Every time I get up, I'm well, hey, would you like to go out to eat? Man, I better not do that. You want to go to a game? Well, they're probably going to bomb it. Well, you, you want to go out to eat? You might get salmonella. Hey, you want to go outside and do a barbecue? With all these bugs, you'll die. How 
I was thinking we could come watch a movie. There's nothing good at all. I'll tear your soul to hell. You know, it just the one-eyed devil just come in there and just rip your whole family apart. Oh. Come on, does it make sense? And before you know it, we're just under all this and we're wondering why we're not walking in victory. Come on, somebody. We're, wa- we're wondering why we're not walking in the blessings that God called us to walk in. Yeah. The seven, they fill their conversations with gossip and complaints. Well, you know, church is growing. You know what that means. <laughs> Complaining, gossip. You know, all complaining does is makes you feel like um, you're right and it puts a wall around your heart so that people can't love you. Come on, does this make sense? I want to give you a couple ideas today. Hebrews 13, verse 5 through 6 says this. Hebrews And we're going to spend some time. In fact, I had so much content that I decided not to keep you long. So we're going to do a two-parter here. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content, come on somebody, with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can, everybody say man, no, 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 it was a little weak, what can man do to me? We got way too many people worrying about what other people think. We got way too many people worrying about what other people may say. And we talk about loving God, but who is on the altar of our life is a man or a woman. Come on. The book of Hebrews ties all of this together for us. And if you don't know much about the the book of Hebrews, it is... The best tie together of the Old and New Testament, and it brings concepts together. I would encourage you, if you just started out in your faith, read Hebrews. Read, you will understand so much more. There are some deep truths here that I want to pull out. And think about this statement. Keep your life free from the love of money. Many times in Scripture, it warns us about the love of money. Now, I want to be clear. Money is not evil. Those who have it are not evil, contrary to what our culture tries to tell us. The Bible is, we got to talk about this because so many times we have thoughts that aren't biblical. It was the Bible that said, take away from the one who won't do anything with it and give it to the one who will make more. We have a culture that says, take away from this. I'm not getting political. I'm telling you what the Bible says. If we don't know what the Bible says, you will never walk into what you don't respect and what you don't honor. If you see money and people who have money as bad, then you will never do what it takes to become and grow and break poverty. Come on, does that make sense? Out of your life. I don't go to churches of 600 and go, well, y'all are all doing it wrong. I don't go to churches of 1,000 and go, well, I guess y'all don't love anybody. (laughs) Come on. 
But very quickly, we begin to judge and look at people because of what they have or what they've been blessed or how they've been diligent. Come on. And, and it is the Bible that says, I'm going to give more to those who can take care of more. Come on. Come on. Now listen. The author of Hebrews issues us a warning. And here's the warning. The love of money will cost you. The love of money will cost you. I find it particularly interesting that he chooses to use the word free. Free. If you want to see, come on, a demon in church, start talking about two things. Money and missions. People start getting all fidgety and looking around. And like, I go to the bathroom. I mean, you start talking about money and missions and people start, oh, what do you want from me? <sighs> Breathing heavy. I knew we shouldn't have visited today. You know what I mean? Come on. Listen, as we unpack this, we got to stay focused on what matters. And I believe brighter days happen when you become a giver. When you are giving rather than looking around and going, who's giving to me? Why? I came to church and nobody hugged me. I came to church and nobody did this for me. Come to church and do it for everyone else. Because here's what the Bible says. As you sow, as you give, you will be given unto. Does that make sense? And we got way too many people that have a chip expecting Come on, we're growing up some maturity. And the bottom line is, I want to talk to you a little bit. I will pray for you. I believe in healing. I believe if I pray for you, I believe that God will do it. But if you just need me to pray for you, then we need to grow you. Because there are awesome men of God and women of God in this place. That the same God that works in me works in them. And God is no respecter of person. And if I come over here with Jermaine and Coretta and they lay their hands, I believe God's going to do it. If I come over here with Abel and Candace, I believe God's going to do it. Come on. If I go pray with uh, Jeff and Hannah, I believe God's going to do it. If I pray with Joel and Melinda, I believe God's going to do it. If I pray with Nancy and Aaron, I believe that God's going to do it. Come on, somebody. Does that make sense? And that's good. That's good. We believe in the priesthood of the believer and there is something that God wants to grow in you and you have something. And that doesn't mean I don't want to pray. So don't get this twisted. I want to pray for people. I love praying for people. I love it. But my goal is to get you to be the person that is praying, come on, for people. Does that make sense? We got to be givers. There is a reason that God wants us to give. All of the Bible is about giving. God gave life. Oh, dirt, <gasps> woman, man. I mean, all of it is about giving. All in the Old Testament, when man sinned, he gave covering to the man and the woman. All throughout the Old Testament, giving, giving, giving. God gave Jesus his son, giving. There is no place in the Bible where Christians don't, come on, give and give generously. It's the truth. 
And, and there are, is a reason that God wants us to tithe. There is a reason that God wants us to give above our offering at different times. Look, can I just challenge you with this? And, and uh, this is not self-serving. We have to work on this. We, we, the other day we had a conversation. You know what? I, it's just been, we, we ha- it's been a while since we've really given over and above. We need to think about what we're going to do. You know, all of us can get into a safe space where, you know what? Come on. You need to get excited about what God has given you. You need to get excited about, you need to lean into giving rather than all the things that are going wrong, come on, in your life. Here are a couple questions that I have for you. Is money a temptation or is money a tool? Should money disconnect you from people or can it fund ways to reach more people? Does God ask us to honor Him with our life and our words and our relationships then why would he not ask us to honor him with our money? Come on, does that make sense? Does God want us to honor with our talent and our ability? Some of you can sing. Come on, you need to get with Stephen. Some of you are technical. You need to get with William. Some of you, you actually love just saying hi to people. I like, I love saying hi. That's my spiritual gift. I'm a great hi person. You know what I'm saying? Then, then, then you need to get on welcome mat. Some of you are great with kids. You, you need, you, God expects there to be stewardship, come on, in every area of your life. But when we talk about money... Listen, God doesn't want tippers. He wants tithers. A tithe is a 10% of your income. And here's the deal. It comes with a blessing. And here is the blessing. There is a blessing of multiplication and there is a blessing of covering. There is a blessing of multiplication and there is a blessing of covering. Malachi uh, uh, 3, 10 through 11. Okay, look at this. Look at this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Whose house? Okay. My house. No, it's okay. All right. All right. Is it very, very? Okay. There will be what? Come on. Come on. Nick, that was funny, wasn't it? All right, cool. Here we go. Listen. <laughs> Test me in this. Test me. Test me. I don't know about you, but when there are some people, come on, there was an older man in my church. When I was about 11 or 12, I was feeling, you know, buck. I was feeling oh, testy. And, 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 and I would just mess with him, and he was real strong, stout, but he was an older man. And uh, one day I was like, eh, 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 and I was messing with him. He was like, boy, don't test me. And I was like, what are you talking about? I can run back at it. And I, before I finished the sentence, whoa, man. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Shout out to <laughs> If you're going to test anybody, God says you can test me. I own a cattle, come on, on a thousand hills. The streets are paved with gold. I lack for nothing. If I want it, I just created. You don't have to worry about me. I'm better than the bank system. I'm better than, this. come on, does that make sense? Test me in this. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows. Come on. Come on. Don't give me one scoop. Overflow me. Come on. Don't give me one piece of pizza on the plate. Overflow me. 
Don't give me that small cup of cheese dip. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Overflow me. Don't, don't overflow. Oh, my God. Because I've been faithful. Because I put you first. Because I gave you my first and my best. Because I came to you. Because I could have bought this and this and this and done all of these things. But I put you first. And then all of a sudden, in time. Listen, we're not talking about a dog with a, a lottery check in its mouth running to you. It's from God. You know, oh, it's over time. It's over time. Come on, somebody. It's over time. But God is faithful. Look at this. Look at that, until it overflows. And I will rebuke the devourer for you. The devourer for you. So that it will not destroy the fruits of your ground, your vine, or your grapes, says the Lord. Here's the deal. I know many of you are not farmers. It was good for Brennan and Trevor. But, 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 but here's the thing. is The truth of the matter is, listen, you are growing something. Every man, listen to me real quick. You're growing something. You're to leave a legacy. Your seed. You have a family or you don't. There is something in you. And this house is going to be known for strong men. Come on, somebody. That the devourer. I'm not saying that we won't walk through it. I'm not saying it won't be hard. But when the devourer comes, you can't touch my seed. I'm praying over my seed. I'm believing God. And you know what? While other seeds may go here and here, my seed's not going to go. Come on, moms. Come on. Come on, women. Come on. Come on. There's a seed here. And what I'm telling you is God opens up covenant with you and says, I will multiply you and I will cover you. And we've seen that. We've seen that. This weekend, Katie spoke at a conference, a, a women's conference, and we got to hang out. While she was with the ladies, I hung out with this pastor who uh, was the senior pastor over there at a church in Mansfield. And uh, we began to talk. And man, he was stirring, stirring my faith. And he was like moving to different campuses. They're starting three different campuses. And he just said, you know what? I just, I really felt like, because the, the church is 30 years old and he took over from his senior pastor. And uh, he just said, you know what? It was so exciting. We announced our vision. We announced what God was going to do. And in two weeks, there was a check in the offering for $250,000. I was like, pray for me. Feel the anointing of God, right? <laughs> he was like, "It's amazing." We launched this new facility. We had a hundred at the launch of it. We had hundred and sixty-seven new kids, not counting their parents. While the kids were inside getting ministered, our staff was outside ministering to the parents. And here's the deal: money has a mission. That's right. yes. Listen, what I'm saying. And so I'm letting you know, and, and you know what, we, we, obviously we're three years now, we don't have to wait 30 years for you to write that check, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm saying you, you got it, let's talk, but, but, uh, but, but, but here's the deal, we, small what things where we're at, we, I don't know about you, but we, babies have been just like, this is fertile ground, y'all, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and, and, and so babies are just coming, and, and so we needed more room, and I had a conversation with one couple, and I just said, hey, you know, and he was like, what's the next thing, and I was like, well. 
I mean, I mean, we need to put change my office and put a wall in, and we got more babies coming, and so we need to make some room. We really don't have enough room. He said, well, how much do you think it's going to cost? And I was like, mm, let me get back to you. I met with Eric Predmore. We started talking to the numbers, and we, we got it down. He did, in fact, when y'all see Eric, he did half the work. He, Noah, and Ben did half the work, and y'all can clap for them. Come on. <laughs> Saved us a bunch of money. But listen to this. I had a man say, well, just give me, give me, do all the work, give me the figure. The figure came to $6,200, and, and I said, well, here it is. And uh, he said, all right, done. Road check. Let me know when the next thing happens. I was like, what? You know what I'm saying? Where's the land over there? You know what I'm saying? But listen, I believe that God is going to do, and can I just tell y'all just my heart for five seconds? I don't want to rent again. I don't want to rent again. I want to move forward. I want God to do something. And so at the beginning of this year, I really believe that God was going to, over and above, bless this church with three different checks of over $10,000. We got one a couple months ago that someone wrote a check for $15,000 and just said, here, use it for the ministry. God's good. And I believe that God has spoken, and every year we're going to grow so that we can reach more people. Does this make sense? Come on. Come on. We're going to turn money into ministry. The last thing is this, and then we're going to be done. Um, in this Bible verse, it says, stay content. Man, I could do a whole message on this, but I want to read this real quick. It says, be content with what you have. Be content, come on, with what you have. Well, I don't have what I want. Be content, come on somebody, with what you have. Can I just say that? I know I, some of you are like, we get it the first time. You know, be content with what you have. We all want to do well. We all want to go to the next level. But if we're not careful, we'll be moved, listen, by what other people are doing rather than what we're doing. And, and we'll never be fulfilled because we're always comparing ourselves to other people. Stop comparing. Run your race. There's a calling of God, come on somebody, on your life. Refuse to be distracted by what other people are doing and what other people have. Luke 12, 15 says this, and he said to them, take care, be on guard against all what? Covetousness. We all get into that. It's easier for them than it is for me. They got it easier. Must be nice. Silver spoon. Come on. Philippians 4.11 says this. Not that I am speaking of being in need. For I have learned in whatever situation I am in. I am content. I am content. Has God left you? No. Has he forsaken you? No. You may be in need. But guess what? God is, come on, moving on your life. You cannot be bright if you're jealous. You cannot be bright if you're always complaining. You cannot be bright if you feel like you're always losing. Our society has changed over the last 60 years. I want to walk you through this. Our society values stuff. 
what you have, what you've done, and who you know. See, but we used to be a culture where it was deeper. It used to be about character and integrity and work ethic. It used to, come on, somebody help me. See, we used to care less about what you drive and where you live, and we used to care about who you were. That your work meant something. That when you said yes, you would be there. And not yes conditionally unless something better comes up. Come on, we used to be character people. Help me. We used to not chase money at the expense of our word. But here's the deal. We started to compare. And that caused us to leverage our integrity for a dollar. Listen, it's very important as Christians that we are known as people who do not cut corners. Let's not be the church that cuts corners. If you bid it, do it for what you bid for. Get better at bidding. Come on, if you do whatever you do, come on, help me. Don't be the church. Don't be the Christian that cuts corners. Do what you say you're going to do. Be there as long as you said. Don't put people off. Come on, don't get so wrapped up in what everybody else is doing because here's the deal. It's not worth saving a dollar. I tell my son all the time. Character is won in drops and lost in buckets. It takes a long time for people to respect you. It takes a long time for people to say, that's a good man. That's a good woman. It takes a long time. Drop, drop, drop. But in a second, it can be gone. When I go to a third world country like Honduras, when I go to places like Belize, kids are laughing and playing in the street. They're having such a good time. And they're not thinking, we don't have what y'all have in America. They got a can. And they're like, this is the fun. Don't cut your foot. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just fun. But we feel like we've got to provide, if we're going to be a good parent, we've got to provide Disney World. We've got to provide every theme park. We've got to go everywhere. I mean, they have to have a picture with every main thing, every main place to see in America. Or we will not be a good parent. They will need counseling. Come on. Don't compare. Take a moment. And let me ask you this. Man, y'all can come up. Take a moment and identify what you really care about whose attention are you looking for whose attention come on let help me are you looking for it who are you trying to impress listen I, I want us to have nice things and if you have nice things praise God listen this is not a poverty church and it's not a poverty gospel we want you to be blessed and walk in all that God has for you we just want you to have stuff. We don't want stuff to have you. Does this make sense? I'm not telling you this to boast, but Katie and I have given away four or five cars. If God says it, I'm going to do it. And every time, I, it, I thought it was crazy and I thought it was stupid. Every time, I'm going to be honest. But months later, here comes something that I did not know. Come on, help me. I don't have time to go into this, but Genesis 39 is the story of uh, Joseph. And you know what just 
impacts me the greatest about Joseph. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was, he was a slave for Potiphar. And here's the thing. As a slave, he came from a son of privilege. He was given a special coat. He was honored among all of his family. There was a destiny and a calling for him. And you know what impacts me the most about Joseph? Is that he did not allow his circumstances to steal his joy. Joseph hit adversity hard. But his adversity never had him. And he kept being a giver. And he stayed consistent. And here's what the Bible says. That the guy who was the slave and trapped in this terrible situation became the ruler and leader of the whole household. And he did it over and over and over again. And I believe that this can happen in you. Be content. Put down. Goals are fine. Dreams are fine. But stop looking at your sister. Stop looking at your brother. Stop looking at your family. Come on, somebody. Stop looking and let it all go. And God, what is your next step for me? Come on, somebody. And let's bring the joy back in our lives. As you're here today, God is a wonderful giver. And I believe for you to walk in what God has done for you, you're going to have to receive his love. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.